OWC number 36, New Macintoshes and Steve Sandy. Hey everyone, Tim Robertson, host of OWC Radio. It's a kind of an important week this week for Mac users, Apple users, and uh, I've got a guest with me today to help me weed through all the news. His name is Steve Sandy from the unofficial Apple weblog. Hello, Steve. How's it going, Tim? It's going great. I think this is probably your fourth time on OWC Radio now? Uh, third or fourth or something like well, that. Well, you were on I the very know. first one. Oh, that's right. And then I had you on another show, plus another one with John Martellaro when the iPad announcement happened. So you're becoming a regular around here. We're going to have to put you on the payroll or something. Uh, That would be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do I get paid as much as you? No, anyway. Salting crackers. That's what we pay in. Oh, cool. But they're tasty, you know. And you can never have enough saltine crackers. Yeah, and you know what I could do is get a pet parrot, and then I could feed the parrot the saltine crackers. There you go. Something like that. Of course, yeah, then you have just to buy sounds... newspaper to put on the bottom of the cage, and that's always kind of a pain. Well, you know, I'm kind of wondering about that. You know, what is going to replace newspaper in the bottom of cages? Are they going to have to sell, like, pre-made pads now that nobody's buying newspapers? <laughs> it, you know what? There's a big fight right now that I was reading about. I don't know if it's a fight or it's just a disagreement. Time Magazine's actually unhappy with Apple, because oh, they yes. wanted to sell subscriptions to Time Magazine's digital copy and take a- Apple completely out of the equation as far as accepting payments. And Apple said, no, they rejected that. I don't know what to think. I figure it's their content. They should have the choice to sell it the way they want. But at the same time, it is on Apple's network. It's on their platform that they own and control. So you got to kind of play by those rules, don't you? Yeah, and I'm sure they want their 30% cut as well. You know, if you do an in-app purchase, at least, you know, maybe they're going to get something there. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, it's it's kind of funny about the e-magazine uh, thing. I kept thinking this was going to be almost kind of the, the killer app for iPad. And yet, um, Has you know, I, yeah, you know, I look at some of the, the apps out there, uh, for instance, uh, Popular Mechanics. Yep. Pretty cool, I have to admit. I gotta uh, say that was a little cluttered, though. I mean, yeah. it's almost like they went overboard. Yeah, it's let's like, see on how many things. Page, we what could we do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What can what can we uh, do to put a video on this page or put a bunch of links to other pages? And this person will never be able to get back to the original article. But, exactly. Uh, you know, it's cool. Um, I've got Zinio Reader on there, and I I've, I've been using Zinio for eons for for some strange reason, and. This year, I finally decided, um, you know, I had uh, Zinio Reader for iPad. The day it came out, I went ahead and uh, actually emailed the folks at Macworld Magazine. Yes, I still get Macworld. And I so said I. to myself, yeah, you know, I, I love the magazine. Yep. I, you know, every issue I find something in there that I say, wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, and but, I think that's what I like about you, Steve. You're a lot like I am. I. I don't think either one of us are arrogant enough to think we know everything when it comes to this computer platform. I learn something new every day. 
Well, you know, I think my memory is shot enough that, uh, you know, I I can probably see the same stuff every day and it would seem new to me. But, you know, anyway, I, I tried to get uh, the uh, Zinio uh, electronic version of Macworld magazine. Uh, and in fact, I still get emails from them every month saying, hey, your electronic version of Macworld magazine is now available. Can I actually get it to show up in the app? Heck no. Really? So, <laughs> hmm. I, yeah, it's been a, a struggle there, but, you know, I'm hoping that one day I'll, I'll magically open it up and here will be 15 copies, you know, you sitting. Know, when I think of digital magazines, you know, those apps that they have out there, like the popular mechanics that we were talked about, uh, I know Time Magazine has one as well. That's not really the idea that I was hoping for. I was hoping for... I don't want to say PDFs, but something along those lines. I just want to be able to read something. You know, yeah. I don't need a, a popular mechanics with interactive graphics and video and sound clips and uh, a 3D rotating. I don't need any of that. I just want to read. I want to download it. I don't want it on my home screen. I want it to go into my iBooks application on the bookshelf. That's where I want it. Exactly. I mean, that would be so perfect, and it would be so easy to do, you know, but because I could just put it, it in there. Yeah, no, instead everybody wants to have, you know, either some sort of reader app or they want to create their own application. <laughs> it, it's one extreme or the other. They're, they're either not on the device or they have some five ninety nine app, you know. It, there's yeah. nothing in between. Just I just want to be able to subscribe to it. I don't even care if I have to pay it per issue, but just, just let me read it. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, play yeah, to your you know, strength. Yeah, and, you know, I take a look at... Uh, you know, talking about newspapers again, you, you take a look at what's available for, uh, what's the name of the doggone thing? Uh, Kindle Reader oh, yeah, yes. on the iPad. I love uh, Kindle Reader for the iPad because there are so many books that are available. You know, that's one place where I think the uh, iBook store is still lacking. I mean, yeah, they've got the uh, New York Times bestsellers, but... It's, it's lagging behind, yeah. no, no question. Yeah, they definitely need to do something to pump up content there. but Well, they're selling uh, more Kindles now than ever before. So I, a lot of people thought, and I'll be honest, I was one of them, that the iPad would just kill the Kindle, but that's not happening. Uh, did you hear about uh, Conan O'Brien's comment about the uh, Kindle 3? No, I didn't. Uh, it was great. Uh, wonderful uh, tweet that came out from Conan O'Brien, and he says, uh, hey, did you hear the new Kindle 3 is out? I read about it on my iPad. <laughs> And it was like, yeah, Conan. <laughs> yep. No, I, you know, I know you own an iPad. I do too. I think it's probably the best device Apple has made in ten years, um, uh, and I, I don't say that lightly. I mean, it really is a game changer. I use it more than I use my Macintosh, honestly. I, uh, you know, I always bring up the fact that two weeks after I got my iPad, uh, I happened to just get a phone call from a friend of mine. He's a. Uh, uh, another ACN uh, person, Apple Consultants Network person here in the Denver area. And he calls up and he says, hey, Steve, I'm just, uh, you know, it's Matt. I'm just wondering, do you happen to have, by any odd chance, uh, a first-generation MacBook Air and that you'd be willing to sell? And I'm sitting here going, MacBook Air that I haven't used in two weeks. He wants to buy it. I said, how much are you willing to pay? He told me. I said, it's yours. <laughs> yeah. Um, have I missed it? No, not at all. Uh, everything I've needed to be able to do, I've been able to do 
on the iPad. And that says a lot to me about how the developer community is really stepping up to the plate and coming up with apps that do everything we need it to do. But you know, here's the funny thing. This is the first generation of the iPad. Now, when the first generation of the iPhone came out, there was a lot of things that I wanted to see change and updated for the next version. Which, oh, yeah. and, and a lot of them didn't even appear until the iPhone 4. But I look at the iPad, and maybe with the exception of a camera, forward and, and uh, backwards facing, other than that, there's really nothing that I can see that I want with a different iPad. I mean, I, I think it's almost a perfect device as it is right now. Oh, I agree in, entirely. And, you know, I think if Apple really wanted to make people happy, you know, just ecstatic, what they'd come out with is a little dongle that you plug into that universal dock connector on the bottom that's a, a high-resolution camera. Yep. And I'm sure they could do it. And you could sell it for 59 bucks or, you know, a 99 bucks probably. With a free and, app. You get yeah. you download an app that goes with it, yep. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine how many of those they would sell? I think a lot, you know, because you can always rotate the screen, screen so you turn it upside down so the camera's up top. And yeah. the camera itself could be on a little swivel as well, so you can kind of adjust the, the pitch. I, it would be awesome. It really would. Hey, I'd start doing my – I do a, a weekly uh, a TV show for uh, the unofficial Apple weblog called 2 TV Live. I'd start doing it from the iPad if I could. It would be I'd awesome. Sit, sit in the backyard. Hey, here I am. With That's that. the thing about what we're doing, Steve. Now – with podcasting, with, with video stuff that we're doing online, live or pre-recorded like this show is, there's really no rules. Now, I can't tell you how many times I've started this show talking on my iPhone uh, in a different location, either in a car, uh, out by the river. Now, when I bring it back, I sync it all and I put the show together and I usually finish it here in the studio. But there's no rules. So you could literally do your show if you had a Wi-Fi connection uh, because 3G would just be, ugh painfully slow Ooh, um, and bad. choppy. <laughs> yeah. But you could do that almost anywhere. That would be awesome. Uh, We're going to be on location today at Starbucks on 48th Street. <laughs> yeah, we'll be talking to complete strangers who are sitting here drinking coffee and using their MacBooks. Yeah, well, imagine doing like an interview, an in-person interview with it, where the app's running, you can see it, but if you tap it, it switches to the opposite side camera, so it switches to the person you're actually interviewing. Oh, please. That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Uh, sign me up, man. I'm there. Well, I, I had to laugh today. Uh, you know, I've been really thinking about getting one of those uh, cool uh, Blue Mic Yeti USB uh, microphones. Those are cool looking, too. Yeah, I, I've wanted one ever since Macworld Expo, and, uh, you know, I keep putting it off, putting it off. Well, this morning, of course, I get a, an email, and it's from them, and they have a discount for people who get their little uh, email newsletter. And uh, they also advertised, hey, we've got this app, companion app for recording all this stuff. Unfortunately, it's just an iPhone app, uh, but it will run on the iPad in that, you know, horrible small screen, one X thing there. But, you know, I was, that sold me right there. I said, that's it. I'm going to get it. I've got the <laughs> camera connection kit. I can plug this thing in there if I need to do uh, recording. I can do it anywhere now, you know. Of course, I'm lugging along a microphone that weighs more than the iPad, but yeah, but still, it's it's that's awesome. So that's that's too cool. But so yeah, Apple, I think, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, after after you. Well, I was gonna say Apple released a, a lot of new products this week, and a lot of these products to me are very exciting. And 
The first one that I want to talk about is the 27-inch cinema display. The top-of-the-line one actually has an EyeSight camera, which a lot of people uh, have been dying for, three USB 2.0 ports, which is powered, which means it's not running off the, the USB port on your Mac. It's actually supplying its own power. Yes. Uh, speakers built in. Uh, you do have to have a mini display port to use it, but it's LED, and it is uh, 16 by 9 because it's 250, uh, what is it, uh, 2560 by 144 resolution. That's 16 by, yeah, that's a 16 by 9 resolution screen. Yeah, it's going to look weird. I, I it was just absolutely thrilled to hear about that because, you know, uh, Apple has made these wonderful displays for the uh, iMac, uh, these wonderful LED displays. And I think everybody has wanted one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, said, make it a cinema display, dude. You know, so I can hook it up to the old Mac Pro or whatever machine they happen to have. And uh, that announcement was just incredible. And it's uh, only nine ninety nine. Yeah. That's really surprising to me. Well, you know, that kind of tells you uh, really how inexpensive the uh, uh, components for the iMac really are because, you know, we've always joked about it. It's like, you know, if you bought one of the 27-inch iMacs, you're getting this wonderful 27-inch LED cinema display with a computer built in. <laughs> That's right. And uh, you see the price at nine ninety nine. dollars and go, hmm, hmm, so is that saying that the cost of components for the uh, bottom end uh, iMac or the uh, 27-inch iMac is... Uh, I'm trying to think what the price is there. It's like oh, the uh, iMac, it's a thousand bucks. Yeah, a yeah. thousand bucks. Yeah. Which and, is itself. Well, it's eleven ninety nine. Yeah. But well, that's a twenty one inch. Or that's 20, a twenty one inch, correct? Yeah. But I mean, what a what an absolutely beautiful uh, monitor. And I think, you know, for those people out there who I've been uh, talking with or working with who have uh, Mac Pros or they have uh, Mac Minis, and they've been saying. You know, when are they going to come out with one? You know, an LED cinema display. They're happy. Now. <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, if you do have a high-end iMac that has a mini display port, you can also plug this in and use it as a second monitor, side by side. Mm-hmm. That's what I do at home. I've got a 24-inch monitor, which is the iMac, and I've got my older 23-inch cinema display plugged into that. It's great. See, my my wife would hate that because I already hide behind. The uh, cinema display. She comes into my office. She calls half the NASA. time. Yeah, you know, well, she does. Yeah, she doesn't know that I'm there because I'm hiding behind <laughs> this thing. And uh, it was so funny. The first time she walked into my office, and uh, you know, I'm sitting behind it, and apparently she didn't look down, uh, you know, below the the desk to see if my knees were sticking out there. And I went, "Hi, hon," you know, like that. And she screamed, you know, which was <laughs> hysterically funny for me. But uh, she didn't not so know. much for her, no. <laughs> But I could just imagine I would have the, the Star Trek display there, you know, have the side-by-side 27 inches. Oof. But you know what's funny is we say that, but then you watch an older episode of Star Trek, and the equipment that they're using looks antiquated compared to what we have in our offices right now. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, I, I did have to laugh at uh, uh, Paramount Entertainment came out with the official uh, Captain's Log app. I don't yes, know if I did see that, yes. Classic, but yeah, you know, it, it looks so fantastic compared to the the crap that they actually used on the show. Absolutely, it's a 
a lot of people say, well, we're using stuff that they were using in Star Trek now. Well, yeah, kind of. I mean, you saw Picard with a data pad quite a bit. Yeah. But that was all make-believe, and this is real. <laughs> yeah. Know? I've got an iPad right here next to me that's it, it's real. And I never thought I would actually see something quite like this this soon. Um, yeah. You know, what was Star Trek Next Generation, uh, late 80s, early 90s? Yeah, right around there. Yeah, so that's really, especially for old-timers like you and my, I, Steve, that's really not that long ago. And yet yeah. here we are. And we've got these things now. It's it's amazing. And it just makes me wonder where we're going to be, you know, 10 years from now. And uh, some of it's exciting and some of it's also scary, especially when you consider that they had a big press event just recently to address the issues with the iPhone 4. Uh, and a, a week later, Apple releases all this great gear, and it's it's a press release. There's, there's no news conference. Yeah. There's nothing. And that kind you know, of worries that's... me a little bit. Well, yeah, kind of, you know, a lot of people have been saying, you know, is the Mac uh, going away? Is the Mac uh, disappearing? And, of course, when uh, Apple had their financial uh, phone call for the, their third quarter uh, a couple of weeks ago or last week, it may have been, uh, you know, they said Mac sales are better than they've ever been. Yep. So, And, you know, especially with new product coming out like this, I think, you know, some of the designers who may have been a little upset with the fact that, you know, their favorite computer, the Mac Pro, had been <laughs> totally ignored. They're going to be thrilled about this, and I'm sure you're going to see a, a rush of people going out to buy that 12-core, you know, or as I would like to refer to it as the dodeca-core. It's amazing. <laughs> it's the, that starts at 2.4 gigahertz and goes all the way up to 3.33 gigahertz for 12 cores. And good Lord, that's a lot of power. 24 threads. <laughs> I just... You know, There's actually I, not a very many applications that can take advantage of that. Yeah, that's true. You know, I, I really wish a lot more uh, developers would, or Mac developers would really start taking advantage of that. And also, uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, not OpenGL. Uh, can't think of it. It's one of the open, uh, yeah, can't think of the name of it. But anyway, where you can take advantage of the uh, graphics card as well as the uh, processing power of all of your cores. Yep. I, I can't think of the name of it. but I know what you're talking about, and I'm drawing a blank as well. <laughs> you, you know what's funny? Now, the memory speeds on these things are over a gigahertz as well. I mean, these are these things are screamers. They really Oops. are. So the other big thing, of course, was the iMacs were updated and refreshed. And uh, there's some nice deals here, Steve. 21.5-inch iMac starts at 11.99 with a 3 gigahertz chip. That's an i3. Yeah. You know, I, I think about uh, years ago, well, not that long ago, but uh, my dad bought, uh, it was his last PC. He's now uh, finally converted over to Mac. But he bought a, uh, it was like a 3 gigahertz uh, Windows machine. Uh, which was really funny because at the time uh, he spent a ridiculous amount of money on it. Uh, that was when Windows XP was out, and the thing was just a dog from day one. You know, just wouldn't didn't seem to run very quickly. And he was going, "But I've got the top of the line computer," and I'm saying, <laughs> "You know, let's talk about software. Let's talk about operating systems, Dad." But uh, you know, you see this, and like you said, eleven ninety nine. You're getting this. You know, once again, a wonderful display, LED backlit display. A pretty darn good uh, uh, video too. card. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah. ATI Radeon with 
256 megabytes of RAM, which is nothing to sneeze at. Well, and I, I just get absolutely amazed when you look at the next one up, the 1499 model. Uh, 512, it's the uh, Radeon uh, 5670, 512 yep. megabytes. Uh, and you're looking at four gigs of RAM and a one terabyte hard drive, and it's 1499. That's crazy. <laughs> I just. Everything's you know, I getting bigger and faster. And, you know, I. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just get excited by this because I think about what I spent on my Mac 512 in 1984, <laughs> and it was 24.99 yep. for uh, you know 512k of memory, no hard drive, uh, a 400k floppy drive. Uh, you know, I could just continue going through these things, and then you look at what I can buy for less right now, and it's. I love progress. <laughs> it's great. It is. It, it's awesome. You know, the 27 inch. Um, Max is out at a i5 2.8, but you can do a custom build i7 with a yeah. 2.93 gigahertz chip for an extra 200 bucks. Which yeah. that's a that's a lot of chip. That's a that's amazing. Yeah, I've got the 2.8 gig uh, uh, i7 in the uh, iMac that I use right now, 27 inch iMac that I've got. I love it. Uh, it you know, it used to amaze me when I would be doing our, our show and I was using this Ustream producer software and uh, things like Boinks TV. And, uh, you know, I'd load those up on my first generation Intel iMac and it would just die. Yeah. And now uh, it doesn't even breathe hard. You know, I, I've got uh, iStat menu up here running and I can watch the, the uh, various uh, cores sitting there chugging away. And when I'm doing, you know, I've got both of those applications up and running. I've got it just chugging away there. It's not even breathing hard. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And I, you know, that's uh, just amazes me. Of course, more RAM always helps. Uh, well, you know, lot. they're charging, Apple is charging $1,000 extra for 16 gigs of RAM. And of course, this being OWC Radio, I would be remiss if I didn't point out. If you want 16 gigs of RAM for your new iMac, you don't have to spend a thousand bucks. Five hundred and forty-nine dollars for the same amount of RAM at OWC Lifetime Advanced Replacement Warranty and a money-back guarantee, which I think is very impressive. Well, in fact, when I bought my uh, you know, 27 inch i7 unit, uh, when was I? Probably about four months ago. Uh, I just bought it with the base amount of RAM. Uh, you know, it's got four slots. Uh, it comes with two to two gigabyte sticks, and I just went out, ordered uh, an additional two, or excuse me, uh, two two gigabyte sticks, brought it up to uh, eight gigs. Yep, much less expensive. Yep, it's it, it's one of the things. Even before the my doing OWC radio, I always told people never buy the extra RAM from Apple because exactly. it's, they just put a premium price on it and I can't understand why. I mean of course yeah they do install it for you but on these machines installing RAM is pretty simple. Now here's something that I don't know how it's going to work yet Steve on the top of the line actually I think they're doing it on the uh, I don't know if they're doing it on the 15 I think it's just the 27 inch not the 21 inch you can actually install from the factory a second hard drive but only an SSD in the new IMAX. 
you I know, think that's, I, where are they putting it? I just noticed that. I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> yep, it, it's a new build to order. It's for the 27 inch only. They won't put a standard two standard hard drives in there, probably because of heat. Yeah. But the second drive can be from Apple an SSD option. And you know that, uh, I don't know what to think about that. Yeah, that I'm finding that really interesting because I when I saw that 256 gig uh, solid state drive option, I kept thinking it was just replacing the internal drive. And now that you pointed out, yeah, it's you can either get a one terabyte or two terabyte uh, SATA drive plus a 256 gig solid state drive. Yep. So my question is now, obviously, you would want to put the OS in in often needed files on the SSD because you'll see a huge speed increase. I don't know. Did you ever see the the SSD video comparisons that we did at OWC? Absolutely. In fact, uh, we have some video out on the unofficial Apple weblog uh, with me, with uh, Grant yep, Dahlberg. OWC or from yes. uh, Macworld? And it was wonderful because uh, just watching side by side these those two machines booting up and seeing how much speed uh, advantage you got from the SSD drive. Amazing. Yep. So I would, if I got one of those iMacs, obviously I'd want to put a OWC drive in it, but I wonder how you install a secondary hard drive because they haven't traditionally in the last couple iMacs made it an easy proposition to swap out the hard drive. In fact, it's very difficult. So I wonder how yeah. they're going to do that and approach that with a second drive. Uh, perhaps you could uh, get your very own crowbar <laughs> <laughs> and suction cups to pull the screen, and uh, that doesn't sound like fun. But how long do you think that we have left on standard hard drives until everything's replaced with SSD? Yeah, I, I, it's that's been one of those uh, big questions. There, honestly, I don't see that happening in the near future. And the reason I'm saying that is, I mean, solid-state drives have been around for, you know, a couple of years here now. Um, you know, I can remember when I, I made my experiment and went out and bought a little Dell uh, Mini 9 and uh, turned it into a Hackintosh. Mm -hmm. And it had a 16-gig solid-state drive in it, you know. A uh, piece of junk, but anyway, it was kind of fun. And, you know, it booted up quickly. Uh, you know, it was a great little device. But... When you take a look at, at the cost, you know, the bang for the buck there, you're only looking at a 256-gig drive. Yeah, granted, it's faster, but $600 that they're charging? That's a lot of money. Yeah, and what, what does OWC uh, charge for? Uh, it's, it's, it's around the same. Uh, we have, you know, different. We don't have a 256. I think we've got a 240. Okay. Um, but the prices are obviously they're going to come down over time. Yeah, and that's I true. wonder... And, and OWC is also using, Apple doesn't say anything about this, the OWC drives are using over-provisioning, which means it sets aside parts of the hard drive for error correction. What happens with SSD drives is they slow down over time. And that's, you lose all the benefit of having an SSD, but with an over-provisioned drive, you don't lose that speed over time. But you do sacrifice, initially, some hard drive space, which I would rather sacrifice a little hard drive space and keep it nice and fast and speedy. Apple doesn't say if they're using over-provisioning in their SSD drives or not. They don't even say what the SSD drives are. Yeah. So that that kind of worries me a little bit. What, I, you don't know what you're getting. Yeah, that's that's a little bit of a concern. Yep. And, uh, you know, it 
I, I honestly wish that we had like uh, two wall labs where we could uh, get some of this equipment in and do a bunch of benchmarks because I'd really love to see uh, the type of speed increases that you uh, could actually get uh, out of this. And I'm hoping OWC will provide uh, some, some we will. good figures. <laughs> yeah, we will because, you know, and it's not just initial speed tests. You have to – Macworld does a really good thing where yeah. – they write to the drive, they erase the drive, they fill it up, they take it off, and then they start doing their tests after they've kind of put a little wear and tear on it. And that's the only way you could find out whether the drives are really good because, sure, fresh out of the box, install it, it's going to be fast. But what happens two months down the line after you've been using a lot of the disk space? That's when you find out how fast or slow or responsive these SSD drives are. And uh, OWC's got a really good track record there. So, You know, there's another product. And I've got to say, Steve, I actually already, sight unseen, I haven't used it, but I already plunked down my 69 bucks plus shipping, the Magic ah, Trackpad. Yes. I'm excited about this. This is something that I've wanted for quite a long time. Well, you know, it's so funny because uh, somebody brought up a point. Um, I, I've been following this one uh, iPad and iPhone developer for quite a while on Twitter. And, uh, you know, he brought up the point. He says, you know, you take a look at it, and um, the only issue he kind of had with it is he says it's still that mouse metaphor, you know, where what you're doing is uh, you're moving, in this case, just your hand and your finger, uh, but you're still trying to point something uh, that you're controlling. I mean, you still have to have that kind of hand-eye coordination. You're still yep. uh, looking at a third party there. His point is, he says, you know, when are we going to start seeing, you know, will Apple actually come out with something like HP has, which is a, a large touch screen all-in-one computer? I don't think people want it. Yeah. Uh, personally, I don't want to get fingerprints all over my, my nice, beautiful screen. Well, so. think about how your office is set up right now and where your desk is. Now imagine keeping your arms out in front of you the whole time to manipulate what you're doing. Your arms are going to get tired very, very quickly. But, man, am I going to be buff. <laughs> you know, I, well, at least, well, at least on one side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Steve, how come you got this huge muscle over on your right side? And, you know, your, your left arm looks atrophied. I don't know. <laughs> but here's what I was thinking. What the Magic Trackpad really is, I was looking at the form factor and how big it is. And it's kind of right between an iPad and an iPhone in, in physical dimensions, right? Yeah. At closer to the iPad and, or, uh, iPhone in size rather than the iPad, but you get my point. What if you combine that with the iOS on a device that's running on your television? So now you have the entire touch interface that you would have with an iPhone or an iPad or an iPod Touch, but you're looking at your television and you've got this magic trackpad sitting there on your knee or on the side of the couch wherever, holding it in one hand and manipulating it with the other, and it's uh, up on the screen. Sign me up. Now, isn't that – because the only pro – I have a Mac Mini, um, a fairly recent one too, right before they did this big up – upgrade. Uh, I, so I've got the last generation sitting in my living room. But the problem is, honestly, is the mouse and keyboard. Now I've got a wireless mouse and keyboard that I use with it. But it's just not that intuitive to use sitting on the couch with the big screen TV on the other side of the room. You know, you're clicking, you're trying to see if you can see the cursor, you move it around real fast. So, oh, there it is. And then you click it down here and 
bring up a web page and try to find the video content. Now imagine the same interface though with your iPad, but it's on your television now. So you can play games, you can do all that stuff, but how do you control it? Because you can't go up there and touch your television. I think the magic trackpad is the answer. I think that's the bridge yeah. between what we're used to on a Macintosh and what we're doing on the iOS devices, but now it's going to be on your television. Yeah, and suddenly we're talking Apple TV, the that's, next generation. That's right. Yeah. You know, everyone said, well, the next Apple TV is going to have the, the iOS to use on it as the operating system. Well, that doesn't work because you're not going to go up there and touch your television, plus your television is not already touch sensitive. So how is that going to work? You're not going to nobody really wants to use their iPhone or their iPad while they're watching TV to control the the television. I don't think. Yeah, because you want to keep your eyes on the TV. Right. You know? Exactly. I'm, at least I do with yep. our you know big honk and uh, uh, Panasonic that we've got. So, I mean, I Love it. So if you touch the magic trackpad, maybe you see kind of a, a a slight circle on your television screen, exactly where your fingers are. That oh, would be kind of cool. Nice. I mean, it, I just think that this device, it's wireless, Bluetooth, so it's going to reach quite a distance, and especially if it's in the same room as the Apple TV. I think that this could be a really innovative product. It's combining the best of both worlds. You know, we're going to have a power of a Macintosh in our living room, but it's going to have the iOS running on it. Yeah, and I I swear, the minute they come out with one of those devices, you know, I've got an i uh, an Apple TV right now that I really don't use all yep, that much. Same me. And uh, you know, the minute they come out with an iOS based uh, Apple TV, and maybe being able to use the Magic Trackpad with it, I'm there. I am so there because, you know, right now I. I would love to be able to take some of these games that I play on uh, my uh, iPad and see them on that big screen. That'd be and, awesome. Oh, yeah. And you know what it'll also alleviate is a lot of these games that you like to play, your hands keep getting in the way of the screen. You can't see what you're doing because you're controlling with your hand. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got a controller that's remote and you're looking at your television, and again, the only way I could figure to see what you're touching on the screen is, you know, some kind of a a faint drop shadow or something on that so you know exactly where your fingers are. I think that would be awesome. I hey, think that's exactly what that's been missing from Apple's product line, something that's in the living room that's the draw of the Apple iOS platform and all the games and all the innovative apps. It'll have Wi-Fi. It'll have Bluetooth, uh, 1080p out whatever, but it's the controller. That's the thing that's been missing. I think the magic trackpad is the answer. Yeah, and, you know, they're, they're kind of stealthily uh, moving in that direction, which is great to see. Uh, uh, you know, I think what we can do is tell everybody, you heard it here first on OWC Radio. <laughs> uh, this yeah. is, <laughs> this yeah, is the controller happen. for the next Apple TV. <laughs> I um, think so. And, well, and, you know, we will be totally remiss. We've talked about the iMac. We talked about the new monitors, the Mac Pro, the Magic Trackpad. But the most important announcement had to be the Apple battery charger. Absolutely. Six <laughs> batteries, charged two at a time. What is it, twenty nine ninety nine? Yeah. Yeah, that's not a bad price, actually. If you If you price battery chargers out in the wild, they're right around that price, and they don't usually come with six batteries. Well, and they usually don't work worth a darn. Uh, <laughs> That's talking true. about this, uh, 
I'm trying to remember the number here. They said you can, yeah, uh, designed to maintain a high charge capacity for hundreds of charges. And uh, a couple of us on the uh, 2A website, you know, it was, we were talking about this after the announcement came out, uh, and we all pointed at the same Energizer uh, fast charger. Yep. And we had all purchased it, and we had all, like, literally thrown the thing out after a very short amount of time. Yep. Because I know someone who had one, too. Yep, they didn't work. And uh, I was thrilled to hear about this because I feel, you know, I'm one of those people who uh, still feels a little bit of guilt every time I take a couple of AA batteries to come into my my uh, keyboard and, uh, you know, pull the old ones out and put them in the recycle. Seems bag. like it's, a waste. Yeah. Yep. So I'm I'm entirely behind this. I actually have ordered one. So. I had a lot of people ask me, why would Apple bother with a battery charger? That's not their business, is it? And I thought, actually, you know, it kind of is. Apple is really what Sony was in the 70s and 80s now. They're yeah. a consumer electronics company. They sell a lot of products now from keyboards to mice to magic trackpads that require batteries. Why not sell a battery charger? So if you're going to go into the Apple store or on their website and you're ordering these things that require batteries, well, look, we've got a real inexpensive, I'm not going to say cheap, I'm going to say inexpensive solution to recharge your batteries. And by the way, it comes with how many? Six. Which, Six batteries. Which happens to mean two for the keyboard, two for the mouse, two for the trackpad. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, amazing how that works. <laughs> it's almost like somebody there actually thought about it a little bit. Well, and, you know, Apple uh, really has been known as kind of a leader in, in green, uh, you know, even though uh, Greenpeace uh, still yells at them all the time, but who listens to them? Well, they but, do that because they're going to get more press if they yell about Apple than if they yell about Dell or Microsoft. Yeah, good point. Yeah. But, you know, you look at the design of this thing. First of all, if I'm a traveler, I want this thing. Uh, because it folds up, it takes up no room in my bag. Uh, I like it. You know, I love the design. Uh, it's got that wonderful little, uh, you know, folding, uh, the folding, what do you call them, prongs? prongs. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to call it, the, the electrical prongs. That's right. Yeah. But yep, uh, just fold it up and stick it in your carry case, and you're good to go. Yeah, and lowest standby power usage uh, or vampire draw of smaller chargers on the, on the market. Wonderful idea there. Yep. Uh, everybody's always concerned about that. You know, let's take advantage of it. Absolutely. So, you know, hey, I will, uh, you know, if Apple comes out with anything else like a, a, you know, a low power desk fan that I can put next to my uh, iMac, <laughs> I will buy it. As from. long as the, the price is competitive. And I think Apple is starting to realize that too, more so lately than ever before. Um it, it, all you have to do to me is look at the Magic Trackpad. Seventy bucks is not a lot of money. It's the no. same price range as the Magic Mouse, yeah, and a keyboard. If you look yeah. at that, you look at the lowest end iMac is eleven ninety nine. If you look at how much they're charging for the iPad, remember before they made the iPad announcement, a lot of people are speculating nine ninety nine is going to be. Uh, 8.99 to 9.99 is the higher end range uh, for the iPad. That's what everyone was saying. Apple came out and said it starts at 4.99 and it blew everyone away. Yeah. So I think they're getting a little bit more cost conscious now, and I think well, that's no. a good thing for us. Yeah, I love the fact that uh, when I, uh, I was recently on two back-to-back -back cruises and I brought the iPad with me, and uh, it was funny. My wife had hers as well, and most of the trip. We were demoing 
<laughs> iPads to crew members to uh, you know other travelers that were on the the ships, and uh, in every case, people said, "Well, I'm sure you know it's probably really expensive. It's Apple," and I'd say, "You can buy one of these for 499 bucks." And to watch the the facial expressions on people, it was like, you know, that was, you know, it, it was just like, oh, I'm going to go out and buy one. You know, when I get home, I'm buying one. Uh, you know, the most of the crew members that we were talking to, they said, the next time I'm in port, I'm buying one. Yeah, I'm not surprised a bit. And, you know, but the, I, it still bothers me that you do have to sync this to a computer the first time. Yeah. Uh, they really need to stop doing that. Because you, you're not going to reach that critical mass, I think if you have to have a computer tied to this device. And other than the first sync, there's really no reason to even sync it with a computer. You can update all your apps, you know, right over Wi-Fi. You can, I mean, you could do everything. See, I honestly think that that's part of the reason that we uh, keep hearing about that uh, huge data center in North Carolina. Yep. You know, I, I look at, yeah, you know, it would be so perfect to have this Mac in the cloud. Yep. Know, so to there's speak. an idea, absolutely. Yeah iTunes in the cloud and you know I turn on this device and wow you know there it is I can I can take my iPhone I can take my iPad and I can activate them without having to have that dang computer there yep I think that it's only a matter of time and uh, but then again man I, I I just love this iPad is there any apps that you've been playing or or using lately on your iPad that's kind of blown you away that's grabbed your attention <laughs> Oh, it's funny you should ask. Uh, the first one is a game. And uh, yeah, it's funny because it's been out there for a while, and, but it's constantly in the top. And that's Angry Birds HD. Yeah, my kids are loving that right now. They, uh, well, they, I'm embarrassed they love, to say. No, they love it. And you know, the funny thing is, I think they're learning without even thinking about it because they're learning about physics and angles yeah. and trajectories and... You know, how do you teach a, a seven-year-old that? Well, she's figuring out. In fact, my two-and-a-half-year-old, Steve, is, is doing it on my iPhone. He's, oh, he's pulling back the birds, and he's shooting them, and he sees where they land, and then he does it again, but I, I watch him adjust it just a little bit to see where it goes now. Oh. And uh, just last night, he cleared the first level all by himself. And he's, oh. he's two-and-a-half, Steve. It's a fabulous game. That's amazing. And I, I just love that game. Here I am, 52, and uh, I love that game. My wife and I have been sitting around. She's a little bit behind me in, in terms of uh, where she is in the game. Uh, I think I just got to level 8, you know, which is, you know, 8 dash, I think I'm at 8 dash 3 right now. But what a great game. I it just, is. I can't say enough good things about it. Flipboard is another I've one. I've been hearing a lot about Flipboard lately. A lot of people have been talking about this app. Explain what Flipboard is. Well, they refer to it, it's a free application, and they refer to it as Flipboard, your social magazine. And uh, you, you hear that and you say, wow, somebody in the marketing department uh, <laughs> has something there. But uh, what it is, uh, the, the idea behind it is that uh, all of us you know, got wowed by the, we talked about that earlier, but, you know, the, the concept of digital magazines. Absolutely. But, you know, really what I want to read is I want to read Twitter feeds. I want to read Facebook information from my, my friends. And I would really like to be able to, uh, you know, see information from all my favorite blogs. And that is what Flipboard is. Uh, now, it's been getting some bad, bad reviews out on uh, iTunes, you know, in the App Store. Uh, probably the biggest reason uh, it's too is popular. That, 
it's too popular and they haven't been able to get people logged into Facebook and Twitter yep. accounts. Now for me, I heard about this thing. I, I said, I gotta see what it is, went out, got it. And I was on Facebook and Twitter almost immediately. So, you know, I, I'm, I've got it in front of me right now. I look at my Twitter feed and it looks like a really well-designed uh, magazine. It's got headlines, which are tweets. If I wanna, you know, if somebody puts a uh, uh, link in one of their uh, tweets, I see that article. I see the photo that's associated with it. And to you know, turn pages, I just do the you know common uh, swipe across the screen uh, thing. There, you know, it's just it's amazing. And I'm finding that I hate to say this, but Pulse, which is a, an app that I also really liked, you know, I just yep. used the past tense there. Yep, I heard. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a wonderful uh, reader. I find I'm this using this. Yeah, it's I have beautiful. to download it because everyone keeps talking about it. I've heard good and bad, and uh, Tom Schmidt, I believe, over at MyMac.com was talking about it too, and he he's really upset because he signed up for it, and it's been like 48 hours, and he still hasn't got his confirmation email. Then he got one. Then they sent another one saying, sorry, that wasn't actually the email we were supposed to send you. Um, I mean, that, that it sounds crazy, but... I guess there's a there's a cost associated with becoming really popular beyond your means when you didn't really know that was going to happen. Yeah, I I really kind of feel sorry for them because uh, you know you take a look at it. Flipboard has to be one of the most botched launches. Yeah, what do you what do you say? Congratulations, sorry. <laughs> yeah, this is a great app, but you can't use it worth a darn. That's yeah? right. But Any other things you're playing on it? Oh, on on the uh, iPad. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, what do I have here? Actually, a, kind of a cool app, except I wish, well, I'll, I'll talk about it. Uh, it's called Always on PC. And you say, what the heck? <laughs> what it does, you know, a lot of us, um, you know, you, you love to take things like VNC applications, virtual node controller apps, and control your Mac at home. Right. And, uh, but you, you know, sometimes there's that situation where you're on a long trip and uh, you want to be able to do things like, uh, you know, maybe uh, run Firefox, but you can't run it on your iPad. Right. <laughs> and you can't run Flash on your iPad. So you say, you know, gosh, you know, I'll, I'll go back and I'll run my, my uh, iMac that's back in the office using this VNC software, you know, something like iTeleport or uh, uh, LogMeIn or one of those apps. Um, but what if you've turned the machine off? Wouldn't it be nice to have a PC that you know was always on? And that's the idea behind this app. What they do is actually give you a, kind of a terminal session on a Linux PC. Hmm. So when you go out and you you know you create this account, you go out there and here is uh, a PC that's always available uh, to, uh, so to you. So if you need to do something that you can't do normally. There's this video that someone wants you to see, and I'm on my freaking iPad, and I don't get Flash. <laughs> this would be a solution because you're, you're going to use your iPad to access Always on PC, which is going to present the video to you in Flash, but you're watching it via your iPad, but it's a PC. That's a great idea. Well, it's a really good idea with a couple of gotchas, and uh, you know that's I'm going to be writing a review of it here yeah. pretty quickly. Uh, now, on the good side, uh, it comes with, uh, installed already, 
Dropbox, which is one of my favorite apps. Oh, I love Dropbox. I'm I'm a huge Dropbox user now. Oh yeah, I you know I can't say enough good things about Dropbox. I do everything through yep. Dropbox, but you know they've got Dropbox uh, connectivity. They've got Firefox on there. Uh, they have uh, the standard Open Office suite. So you have uh, you know their word processor. Yeah, sure. yeah, you know all of those great things in there. Uh, which is great because they're also compatible with uh, Microsoft Office, and you know, which is good. That's great. Now, when you talk about Flash, you know, one of the things I think a lot of people think of is, oh, I can watch movies, you know, or you know, little items in there. Unfortunately, it doesn't support sound. Uh, well, yeah, that's kind of a problem if you're gonna, yeah, yeah. So a little bit of a problem there, but other than that, I I think it's kind of a, a great idea. Uh, just need some. It's a, it sounds like it's still in its infancy. Yeah, yeah. This would be a great idea a year from now. Yeah, and I I love the idea. You know, hopefully soon it will really launch there. <laughs> Let me tell you but, a game I've been playing on my iPad. It's called Modern Conflict, and ooh. it's kind of hard to uh, explain. It's kind of like Risk, but not really. It's not world domination. Um, you start out with a number. Boy, it's kind of hard to explain. Um, it's grid-based, and you can only move to the grids that are connected to your grid. Okay. And say, let's say I start my base off, and I've got the number 25, which means I have 25 tanks at my base. Well, the next grid says 30. So I have to have at least 31 to beat the next square, right, the next grid. Okay. But as time goes on, I get one more unit. So every 10 seconds, I get a new unit. And um, there's another player that's doing the same thing. So it's kind of maneuvering around the board, how you position your numbers. Um, it, it's a very basic game, but it's really hard to explain. I'm trying to figure another way of explaining it. The best thing to do is they have Modern Conflict Lite, which is free. And that's what I downloaded okay. originally. And I played it, and it took me all of 10 seconds to figure it out. But it's, it's so difficult to explain um, ah, it's like easy it's, to play, easy yeah, to understand, exactly. hard to explain. <laughs> yeah, how do you explain Tetris if you've never played? If you if no one's ever played Tetris, yeah. well, there's these blocks that fall and you have to rotate. But if you actually play it, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. It's intuitive, and that's the thing with Modern Conflict. It's very intuitive, and I've been playing the heck out of this. To be honest, Steve, it's so much fun. I played the light version, which only has like five boards or so. And as soon as I got done playing it, I was like, I want to buy this. I clicked the button to buy the full version. It hadn't been released yet. Oh, ouch. Yeah. And a lot of people obviously had done the same thing because the reviews were saying, great game, when's the full version? Great game, I'm dying for the full version. They finally came out with the full version about two weeks ago, and it's already rocketed up to the top ten on paid apps in the iTunes store. So it's very popular. It's it's a thinking man's game. It's not. It sounds like it's a war game, but it's really not. Um, it's just numbers and it's strategy. If if you see your opponents coming around one side of you with more troops than you have positioned over there, you got to rotate some troops over there. But it's not. It, when you think of troops, it's really just numbers. You know, he's got forty up there. I've only got thirty-five. I'm going uh -oh. to send, you know, another 10 troops, so if he attacks me, I've got enough to beat him back, and I'll still have five on that square after the battle. It's very simple, but it's very uh, addicting. It, yeah, it's kind, fun. Kind of like 
uh, Angry Birds. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's what I've been playing lately. What I really want to be playing, though, Steve, honestly, is StarCraft Two. Oh. Yeah. See, I'm still on the press li- list from Blizzard uh, for 15 years at MyMac.com. And I've got a long storied history with StarCraft. I was the first person uh, to get and uh, have a preview of StarCraft for the Mac back in 1997. Oh, man. Uh, they sent me a press copy, um, a private beta. And this was before, you know, you could download anything. It was a, it was a physical disc. And I had, <laughs> in my Mac magazine, I had two first-look articles. And I had literally people offering me hundreds of dollars for that disc because people were dying to play StarCraft. <laughs> and they did the same thing then that they did now, which is they released it for the Mac and the PC at the same time. So I had a lot of people wanting StarCraft, and I had it so much earlier than everyone else. It was, it really was kind of uh, nasty of me to post these pictures and articles on StarCraft, and everybody wanted to play it, and only I could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but didn't it make you feel uh, great? Still you does, kind of. Yeah, you know, that was 13 well, I, years ago, Steve, and I'm still kind of rubbing it in there. <laughs> yeah, it's like let's let's put a little bit of salt in that wound and maybe squeeze a lime on it. You know, so anytime. <laughs> Blizzard comes out with a new Mac game. Um, they have this distribution list that they just send stuff out to, and I'm st- obviously I'm still on that list. So I got a copy of StarCraft on Monday, the day before it actually came out. Sweet. Uh, but I was pretty busy the last few days. We're putting new siding on the house, and a uh, big oil spill, which we talked about offline, is affecting yeah. our area. And so I was a little bit busy, but I finally got to install it, or at least try to, uh, Wednesday. Unfortunately, it took hours to install, and then when I finally fired it up, it wanted to install a patch, and it would crash halfway through every time. Ouch. Uh, Eventually, I got it installed, and I got to play, and about halfway through the game, now, I'm on a fairly newer Mac, a lot of RAM, a lot of hard drive space, fast processor, uh, way and well above the system requirements for the game, but I get halfway through uh, a, a, a battle, and everything starts slowing down to the point where I can't even play the game. And then it just locks up and crashes. Ouch. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a little disappointed right now with StarCraft Two. And um, so when Mac users ask me, should I buy it, uh, maybe wait for a little bit, wait till they come out with a patch or two, and then play it. Because yeah. if you have – now, I got it for free, but if I would have spent, you know, 50, 60 bucks for this game and it's crashing halfway through playing – one game that's kind of disturbing i i would say i would probably be a very unhappy camper in a case like that yeah yeah and i'm not happy about it because i want to play it to be honest but if if it was the middle of the winter and i didn't have all these other projects going on and a lot of stuff happening in my community i'd probably be even more upset (laughs) well you know i uh one thing i was going to say you know it was kind of funny because you brought up starcraft 2 and a little while earlier today i was out uh, looking at itunes God knows why, you know, it, it seemed like every time I go out there, I end up buying something. But, oh. you know, I brought up iTunes, and sure enough, here, uh, one of the featured albums was the soundtrack to StarCraft Two. You know, that's the thing about Blizzard games. They've always done a really good job with soundtracks. I mean, from Myth to, or I'm sorry, uh, not Myth. What am I thinking? Yeah, Myth. That was an old uh, uh, Bungie game. Okay. Um, they didn't do that. What one was theirs? Um, Warcraft. Sorry, Joyce, I tell you. Warcraft. <laughs> and I'm not talking about the world of Warcraft. I'm talking about the original Warcraft. 
Um, that was great music in there. And I, so I'm not really surprised that they're doing that. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny, though, to see that as a featured album, you know, featured soundtrack. It's a game, you know, but yeah, that but, really you know, it's it. very orchestra now. I mean, and, and people like that. I mean, you look at some of the games that's coming out in, in the recent past and, and the soundtracks are they're fantastic. I mean, it's yeah. like you remember when movie soundtracks were starting to become a big thing in the 80s? Yeah. Uh, you'd go out and buy the album for the movie you just watched. And that's kind of becoming the norm now for video games as well. Well, and you almost see, you know, with the, you know, of course, they, they talk about how uh, Hollywood is, you know, oh, my God, we're having problems. You know, we're not, you know, nobody's going to the movie theaters anymore. Uh, you know, you take a look at uh, traditional media in terms of, uh, you know, we talked about it earlier with magazines and, and uh, books and different things like that, you know, still kind of dying off. Uh, well, you're finally seeing where uh, some of the digital media, the games are kind of uh, rekindling that excitement, so Absolutely. to speak. And, you know, in terms of books, the Kindle has kindled. Absolutely. Uh, that, and uh, well, now with and the, the iPad. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what's really big on the iPad now is comic books. Oh god, yes. I mean, I every day I'm see I'm getting another press release about another company releasing a comic book reader or a store to sell comic books and it really is a natural platform for comic books. I mean, it's great for that. Yeah. Well, and if I may do a shameless plug. May I do a shameless plug? Shame away. Shame away. <laughs> um uh, just had, you know, yesterday it was kind of exciting for me because uh, yesterday was the day that I finally got the author's copies of a new book that was written uh, actually by myself and two of my uh, cohorts at uh, the Unofficial Apple Wetlock, uh, Michael Grothaus and uh, Erica Sedun. And the book is called Taking Your iPad to the Max. It's out from uh, A Press. And uh, it's actually uh, available now out in the Amazon store there. But the one negative is that it's not available for Kindle yet. Now, the cool thing is, is that you can go out to the A-Press uh, site, apress.com, and uh, the book is available out there in electronic format. And it, it, somebody asked me, he said, you know, Willer, am I going to be able to get your book in the iBookstore? I said, well, what you can do right now is you can actually buy it in PDF format. Drop it right in. Drop it right in, and you can read it in there. And uh, I, I'm happy to say it's kind of a, uh, I won't say a beginner's book, but it is a wonderful text. Uh, I, if I, I want to read it myself. myself. <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll make sure you get a copy. Well, you know, I, I'm familiar with all three of you, so I, you know that's obviously something that I'm going to want to read myself. And absolutely, um, if you want, send me an email when we get done talking here, and I'll make sure that gets in the show notes so we can awesome. steer everyone right to it. So it'll be in the show notes for OWC Radio number 36. Um, they, they really need to start releasing stuff for the iBooks that's easy to buy. Just you, you click and buy it, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah, I would. Well, and I think uh, we've been talking with our, our publisher, A-Press, and... Uh, you know, frankly, I think they were kind of shocked by the uh, the surprising uh, love everybody has for the iPad, and so it's. I think they're a little bit shell shocked. And uh, but I would love to see uh, books like this. You know, the day that they're available, be able to go out to that iBookstore and say, "Hey, everybody, the book's out there. Read it on your iPad." Well, before we wrap up, do you have an iPhone four? 
Yes, I do. Thank did you, you very uh, much. Did you order one of the free cases? Uh, I have a funny story to tell you about that. Uh, when I uh, ordered my iPhone, uh, I was actually uh, on a cruise ship. Uh, the last two big products that I've purchased from Apple being the iPhone uh, 4 and the iPad, I actually ordered those from cruise ships, which means <laughs> that you're on really slow uh, satellite uh, internet, which you know is god-awful. But anyway... Uh, I went ahead, I ordered the thing the day after they became, or, you know, they opened up the pre-orders, and uh, because I was hearing all these horror stories about how bad things were, and uh, I ordered my iPhone 4, and I also ordered one of the bumpers, and I, you know, I just thought it looked cool. Little did I know that, you know, it was going to become kind of a necessary thing. So uh, I got the iPhone 4 uh, early in July, Uh, the bumper came about two weeks later, and it's a green bumper, which is actually pretty cool. <clears throat> and this is right about the time Apple had the press re- or the uh, press conference and said, "Hey, everybody's going to get a free uh, uh, bumper, and if you've already ordered one, we're going to you know pick it up for you." So I got the refund on that, and then like two days later, I get the email about you know, hey, you can get a, a free bumper. <laughs> Just download this thing. So I went ahead. Shame, you know, shame on me. But I went ahead, ordered one. I, I'm going to get a black one. And as I told my wife, I said, well, you know, if the first one breaks or, you know, we happen to be going out somewhere and I'm wearing my tux and the green is really going to clash with it, at least I've got a black one. So there's bumper. no checks. Apple didn't put any checks and balances to check to see if, okay, he ordered one. We gave him a refund, but so you can't order a free one now. Because what uh, they're doing is it's an app that you download for your iPhone yeah. and you order it from there. I did the same thing. I, I ordered the black bumper. Uh, and they actually had a, lot, a big selection of different cases you can get. But I thought, you know, I kind of just want the bumper. That's all I really want. Yeah, and, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's funny about the iPhone 4. It's the first time that I, I really felt like I don't want to cover this thing up. Yep, it's too same, pretty. Same with me. And it just feels nice and I like the weight. I like the feel of the iPhone 4. I really do. Uh, but it said that my uh, my bumper would ship and be delivered in September. And I thought, uh, oh, well, it's free. What, I'm not going to complain. And I'm not having the antenna issue. I'm having the um, the proximity sensor issue massively. That's mm. my problem with the iPhone 4. But I'm not having any uh, antenna issues. But the funny thing is, just yesterday, I get an email from Apple saying my bumper shipped. Yeah, I got the same thing. Huh. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's terrible. a month early. Okay, that's fine with me. I'm wondering if most people didn't order the bumpers. They ordered one of these third-party cases that Apple's giving away through this app. That could very well be because, you know, people may look at it and say, you know, uh, this bumper doesn't look like it's all that, you know, there's not that much there. And, you know, a lot of folks who are probably joking about it saying, hey, I can take my old Livestrong uh, wristband and turn it into a bumper myself. Why do I want this? I'm going to get one of these really nice cases from some other company. And uh, they're probably thinking, you know, laughing all the way there. And, you know, here we are. We get ours early now. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's funny. I'm going to bring that up right now. I got the shipping notice. I'm going to see where mine is. It was in uh, California, Carson, California. Uh, yesterday, I wonder if it's wending its way to me now. Here's uh, something maybe you didn't think about. You know what is also significant about this whole program? The app itself 
is specifically designed to be used one time and then thrown away. Yeah. I mean, it's only good to use it once to order your bumpers or whatever case you're going to order for free, and that's it. It doesn't do anything else. <laughs> Isn't That's kind of weird, don't you think? It is a little odd, you know, because I, I thought about that too. It's like, well, I just downloaded this app and put it on here. Now I'm deleting it. <laughs> right, and, and you know what else? When you delete it, it doesn't ask you, do you want to write this app? Yeah. It didn't ask that. So, well, they, they don't do that anymore uh, since iOS 4. Really? I thought they still did that. No, well, on the uh, on the iPad, of course, since it's still running iPhone 321 or 322, whatever it is now, uh, you still will see those when you delete an app. But on uh, iPhone, no more ratings. Yep, I see that. I just tried it myself, and sure enough, it didn't ask me to rate it. I'll, I'll download Search It later again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it really upsets me because I used to enjoy, you know, getting an app, uh, reviewing it, and if it was something that was really horrible, just, you know, giving it that one star and just feeling so good about it. Yep. And likewise, if it was really good, giving it the five star. Yeah, but how often were you deleting a five star app? Not that, very that, often. <laughs> that, that's where the problem came in, that it only asked you to rate it when you're getting rid of it, yeah. which means you're probably only getting rid of the average or below average apps only. Yeah. So the great apps are never going to get those five stars. Well, when I was giving up you know, at Tua, we have a strict policy that when you um, rate, rate something or review something, and you've done it with a promo code, that if you end up wanting it, uh, you take the promo code, you get rid of that app, and then you actually purchase it. Yep. And that way we're, we're not swayed. I'm sure you do the same type of thing. Yep. And uh, But, yeah, I find myself in a lot but, of know, cases buying apps. Yeah. Because of that. But, you know, here's the thing. They're just not expensive. But yeah. when you start adding it up after a while, you're like, wow, I just, in the last month, I spent $70 on apps? Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. $70? Yeah, it's... It's sad, you know, how much I, in fact, you know, there are a couple people who have written these uh, uh, Mac applications that will actually go out and they'll kind of scour your account and find out how much you've spent. Yeah, I don't want to know. I, I don't want to I do don't want to know. And actually, yeah. if you go into iTunes, uh, if you go into your account, you can actually see exactly how much you've spent. But hmm. it's, you know, I've, I spend more money on apps now than I do on music. <laughs> By far, it's not even close. When I fire up iTunes, tell me if you do this. You fire up iTunes. The first thing you do is you refresh your podcast. The second thing I do is I see if there's any apps for my the updates for the apps that I have. So I I'm have my, sitting here my, nodding my head yep, going, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm downloading my podcast, and I'm downloading the updates to my apps. Even the apps that I've deleted off the device itself, I'm still getting the updates because I don't know why. I keep thinking, well, maybe I'll want to install that one day. I know it's Miss Pac-Man Lite, and this is the fifth time I've had to update it, and it's not on any of my devices, but darn it, if I do want to sync it again, it's going to be the most recent version. Yeah, and it, it'll look so good. You know, the, the version 8.3 is going to be the one that I'm going to bring back. I, I literally have hundreds of apps. Some of them are uh, older ones that were provisioned exact for my 3GS that I can't even use anymore, like when Navigon wanted me to test the first version of their software. They sent me a provision copy. It's still sitting there. What? I, it's a gig and a half. I need to delete it, but I just haven't got around to it. I, it's it's weird. I'm starting to hoard apps the way I used to hoard. I've never hoarded anything. That's just it. <laughs> I, I, 
I don't know what it is. I just can't seem to delete anything. I'll delete it off the device in two seconds. I'm like, I don't like it. It's off my iPhone. But I don't delete it in iTunes. I mean, I, if, if it's something I paid for, I can re-download it at any time for free. But yet it's sitting there keeping space on my hard drive. Uh, you know, one of these days we'll, we'll look back and we'll A go. purge story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What happened when you purged all your... Well, hey. I ended up uh, clearing up that terabyte drive. <laughs> that, that's what we need to do, Steve. We need to make uh, an official app purge day Ooh. from... But it's not just the iOS devices. It's Mac and iOS. Oh, I'm liking this. Yeah, and see, and, and you set up a website, and people go in there and list the apps or applications that they deleted, they got rid of that day on App Purge Day, or just call it Purge Day. This is the day that you get rid of all that crap that you never use. And um, it'd be kind of cool if, if it could keep track of what the name of the apps are. You can kind of start seeing... Wow, everyone's purging Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> I, that might be kind of fun. You know, we'll have to see if we can. Uh, I'll have to interest uh, Erica Sedun in that since she's like the uh, developer extraordinaire and say, "Can you figure out a way of doing this?" And I'm sure she'll go, uh, "Give me ten minutes." <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's pretty smart. She's a, she's a smart cookie. There's no question. Well, I, she just I sent, do it. Yeah, she just sent me a uh, uh, file here. Let me see. It says. Please test this with your video cable. Uh, she calls it earphone, and don't expect it in the app store, but uh, apparently she's figured out a way that you can uh, look in your ear uh, with the forward-looking camera. <laughs> and uh, To check the reflective has, qualities. <laughs> well, and it has video out, so you can watch it on your screen. <laughs> oh, that's funny. She's amazing. She is. <laughs> I, I think that would be a kind of a good idea, though, the purge. Yeah. The just, purge. Just, just a day of purging. You get rid of apps that you never use from your Mac. You get rid of the stuff off your iPad you never use. I mean, if it's something that you've played twice and, and it's been six months, it's time to delete it, right? Just get rid Absolutely. of it. Purge it out of there. But not just to purge it. We need a, a record of it. These are the things people are getting rid of. I think developers would be interested in that as well. If their app's getting purged a lot, well, why? Maybe there's something they need to address. It could be fun and uh, educational at the same time. Yeah, it'd be fascinating to see exactly how many people, uh, you know, buy some of those, like you said, the really popular apps, the ones that everybody just absolutely has to have. And, uh, you know, the ones that are constantly in the top ten. Yep. And find out how many people are getting rid of it after a week. Steve, Sandy, where are people going to go online to find more information on you, where you're writing at? All that kind of fun stuff. I would say probably the best location would be to go out to the unofficial Apple weblog, which is at tuaw.com. And AOL and, company. Uh, and, AOL, <laughs> and AOL Weblogs Incorporated property. And, uh, yeah, you can head out there. You, uh, I'm writing every day. And uh, be sure if you're really bored on a, on a Wednesday afternoon sometime, uh, come on out. I do a, a show called Tua TV Live. It's uh, you know live streaming video, and uh, you can see me talk, see me walk and talk, and, and sometimes with guests. Thing. I've been on there before. Yes, you have, and it, it's it was too, truly exciting. I got to get you back on one of these days. I'm in a new studio now too. I don't have the big teddy bear thing behind me anymore. Well, I'm kind of in a new <laughs> studio now too. I actually got studio lights, 
and I actually got backdrops, and I just ordered my uh, Blue Mic uh, Yeti phone or uh, microphone today, so I'm becoming upstream. Of course, the content is still bad. It's me. <laughs> nah, but... that's the best part. <laughs> but uh, that's the no, chocolatey, I... gooey, good stuff in the middle. Well, I had one of those, you know, Twitter things. The guy says, "Yeah, you know, this show is, you know, no offense to Stephen Sandy, but uh, you know, that two TV live thing was real uh, half-assed." And I felt so bad. You know, I, I thought about it for, oh, maybe about 20 seconds. Yeah, you can't do the stuff that we do with uh, and not have some thick skin. Yeah. Because you're never going to please everyone. Uh, you're never going to please most people, to be honest. But you can only please yourself. And if you're happy with what you're doing, you like it, you think it's good. And there are just even a couple people that are enjoying it. Isn't that enough sometimes? I think it is. Well, in the words of the immortal Ricky Nelson, you, you can't please everyone, but you got to please yourself. There you go. <laughs> and with that, I yeah. think it's time to stop this yeah, show. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, uh, please the, the listeners right now by ending the show at uh, oh, about an hour and 15 minutes. A little over today, but I had a good time. I really want to thank you for coming on this week and then chatting with me on OWC Radio. Really appreciate it, Steve. Well, thank you very much, Tim. And I tell you, every time I see an invite from you, I... I try to clear my calendar because I just love being on OWC Radio. It's way too much fun. If you guys want to find out more information about OWC Radio, go to www.owcradio.com. You can send us feedback at podcast at maxsales.com. Follow us on Twitter. It's at OWC Radio or at MyMac. That's my personal account. And, of course, our sponsor, the owner of the show, maxsales.com. If you're going to get one of these new iMacs, don't spend $1,000 on RAM. That's craziness. Spend half that. Go to maxsales.com, hard drives, RAM, and the new data doubler. We'll see you guys in a week. <laughs>